Let's take our Bibles tonight. Turn over to the book of uh, Psalms, chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37 tonight. Psalm chapter 37. The Bible has a formula for everything. There's a formula for success. There's a formula for happiness. Uh, There's a formula for health. And a formula for peace. You know, much of a number of nations' budgets goes toward peacekeeping efforts. Spend a lot of money to keep the peace. Uh, Whether it be through the military or different organizations, institutions... Uh, Governments spend a number of dollars, a large percentage of their budget, just to maintain peace, to somehow find peace even. But peace seems to be something that escapes us often. Most people never ever find peace, nor do they possess peace. I would say that uh, probably, I don't know, 99 out of 100 people probably are on a quest for peace. They're looking for it. And again, they seek it through a number of different avenues. Uh, some seek it through wealth or prosperity, others through popularity. Some even through drugs or chemicals of sorts, maybe even through vengeance. I'm going to find peace if I can just get even with that person. Um, but you know what the reality is? The vast majority of people never find peace. They just never do. And uh, <clears throat> peace doesn't come unless we align ourselves with the Prince of Peace. And sadly enough, in our world, I think that even as believers, we sometimes have lost touch with the Lord Himself. We believe ourselves to be close to the Lord because we do things that should reflect our relationship to Him. What I mean by that is, just because we're in church tonight doesn't mean that we have a relationship with Christ. You know, the Muslim faith proves that. I mean, they pray a number of times every single day, but they have no relationship with the God of the universe. Again, you can think whatever you want, but they do not serve God. There's no God named Allah. There's only a God named Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's not a Muslim that believes the doctrine of Muslims that goes to heaven, they go to hell. Did you hear what I said? Now listen, I, act, I feel like I'm talking to a group of people that doesn't believe what I just said. I'm going to tell you something. We have to be very careful with how we view things. You can love people without agreeing with their beliefs. <clears throat> you don't have to agree with how people feel and what they think. You can't tell me that just because you go to church three times a week that you're a child of God. That means absolutely nothing. You can't even tell me because you go out and take uh, the Bible and you try to show people verses that that means that you have to be saved. That doesn't mean that either. And when we start talking about peace, we're talking about something that only comes in a very intimate relationship with the Prince of Peace. And again, we're not just talking, I mean, obviously we could be talking about inner peace, but we're talking about peace with others as well, and peace with our world around us. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him, the Bible says. And so, if you have a lot of enemies, it's probably because you're not pleasing the Lord. 
When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. I didn't say there wouldn't be people that wouldn't persecute you, maybe. But you'll be amazed when you have people that want to hurt you and harm you for any other reason than that. Uh, maybe it's because you're not as obedient to Christ as you think. Just a thought. I mean, just the Bible said it. I'm just kind of relaying it. But <clears throat> we're looking for peace, aren't we? I mean, I, I want peace in my life. I want peace in my marriage. I want peace in my home. And so tonight, I want to look at a few things. First of all, I just want to note a few verses here real quick. Psalm 34, 14 says this. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Sixteen seventeen of the book of Proverbs says, When a man's ways please the Lord again, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Isaiah 57, 21 says, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Jeremiah 8, 15 says, We looked for peace, but no good came. And for a time of health, and behold trouble. Romans 5, 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and all of that. I just 5.22, I'm used to reading all of it or quoting it. Galatians 6.16, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. Colossians 1.20, finally, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him, being reconciled, uh, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Tonight, I, I want to give you four sets of verbs that we find in Psalm 37. Again, we could find a number of other things along the way, I'm sure, in the Word of God. But because of time, we're going to look at these four sets. And I believe that we're going to help us to discover the secret to peace. Um, <clears throat> the words, I'm sure, you know, you say, well, I thought you said they were verbs. They could be used as nouns, preacher. I know. So some of, you know, I'm not a real English scholar, but I do realize that some of these words could be used as nouns. But that's really not the issue. We're going to use them as verbs tonight. And... Uh, we're going to see that the first verb in each set is an action. It's going to provide us with an action. The second one of these verbs, the second verb, is going to re, uh, share us, uh, with us a result or the solution to that action. So like when we say the one word, it's going to be the action. The next word that we'll use will be the result of that action. Okay, so that's how we're going to do it tonight. And we're going to look at four sets if we get a chance to get through them. Because like I said, we have to end a little early tonight. So we may have to pick up where we leave off, or maybe we'll just throw this away after we get done with the first few, because if you're falling asleep, then I'll know that we need something new. But <clears throat> this is very helpful. I think it'll be an encouragement to you. And so let's just take a look at this, because we want to find peace. We want to live with peace, and we want to uh, embrace peace. And it'll make a difference, not only in our lives, but in the lives of others around us when we experience peace. So let's pray. Father, we come to you. Thank you again, Father, for just your goodness. Lord, we're thankful, Father, for the privilege it is to gather here. Lord, um, <clears throat> I just was thinking tonight how good it is to be in your house. And um, Lord, we're here tonight. And Father, the electric's on and the heat's on and we're comfortable. And Father, we're with 
family and friends tonight. And well, that's a blessing. Uh, it's just wonderful to have others to call upon to be with. And Lord, we're, we're just uh, so privileged to have one another. But Lord, we're even more privileged to have you tonight. Father, tonight, may you teach us, may you encourage us, may you instruct us from your word, and in so doing, inspire us. Lord, we'll thank you as you meet our need. Fill me and use me. May I be your mouthpiece. And Lord, may you just bless us. In Christ's name, amen. The first set is found in Psalm 37. I told you we'd turn there, and we're going to look at a couple of verses in Psalm 37 now. Notice verse 1, we find our first verb. The Bible says what? Fret not. Fret not thyself because of evil doers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Fret not. <clears throat> then we're going to look at verse 3. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So first of all, we see the action. The action is fret not. Fret not. Why? Because of evil doers. You're not going to fret because of evil doers. A person who's fretting about something is not at peace. We can all agree with that, I'm sure. Fretting means to glow or to, to grow warm. Now, that's an interesting means by which to describe it, but what, it has to, what it's saying is, is uh, you and I might say it this way. We say, he's getting red in the face. He's starting to glow. Okay, he's starting to fret, and, 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 and it carries with it the idea of, of starting irritated, um, getting angry, displeased, grieved, incensed even, possibly wroth even, at evildoers or at the, the deeds of evildoers. We're not to worry because of some evil thing another person's doing. Now listen, we live in a world today that there's a lot of evil going on. And if we're not careful, we can really get incensed. We can get a little bit even indignant about things. You know, we look at our government. We look at our, our, our uh, education system. We, we note the, the attitude of the uh, liberal media. We see so many things that are wrong and so many things that are just upside down today in our culture and our world. And if we're not careful, we'll fret about that. We'll even get to the point where we get a little bit red in the face. We can get all bent out of shape. And yet that's not productive for the believer because that doesn't in any way help us to find peace in our life. That just brings a lot of turmoil and and difficulty to us. When you do away with fretting, what you've basically done is you've chosen to trust in the Lord. We cannot allow ourselves to become agitated over our enemies, over those who we don't agree with, over those that oppose us even. We can't allow that to happen. The danger, the danger with that is simply this, and you and I have probably all been there at some point or another, but we, 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 when that happens... We lie in our bed at night and we kind of rehearse uh, the whole situation, the circumstance, over and over and over again. You know, first we, we think of all that they said and that they did. And then we go over how we answered them. And then we wish, we just wish, we'd have thought of that while we were talking to them and we could have really nailed them. And then all of a sudden those, those digestive juices in our stomach get to turning and they turn into sulfuric acid. Did you know that? And then all of a sudden we lie there and toss and turn all night long wondering when in the world am I ever going to get to sleep? All because we're fretting over something someone did to us, said to us, or 
that's taking place at the time. Our fretting isn't hurting anybody except ourselves. And it literally accomplishes nothing for the cause of Christ. That churning, that turbulence, that tossing, that twisting of the soul does nothing advantageous for God and right. Basically, it's a very foolish thing to do because in the end it produces nothing good. So we need to be very careful that we don't envy those who succeed in sin. Have you ever looked over, the, uh, over uh, uh, the world and you've seen people and you thought to yourself, they don't even live for God. And look, everything's going fine for them. You know, David, we remember him in Psalm 73. He thought that same thing, didn't he? He, he, he almost tripped. He almost fell. He, he almost slipped. The Bible tells us that he did until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end, he says. Then I realized their end. Fretting is something we just cannot allow ourselves to do. We shouldn't, but we do, though, sometimes. And life is too short-lived to do it. What's the answer, then? Well, don't get even. Don't seek revenge. Now, that's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Nowhere in the Bible... Nowhere in the Bible are we ever told to get even. Never told to do that. There used to be a bumper sticker that was out a number of years ago. It said, I don't get mad, I get even. Okay, you used to see them on the back of cars. It was at least just a few years ago, I'm sure. But it, it, it used to say, I don't get mad, I get even. Well, whoever wrote that didn't get it from the Bible, I'll assure you that. And the Bible tells us what to do. The Bible tells us what to do when we're fretting or we're worrying. And it's found in verse 3 now. Here we go. We saw, if you will, the action. Now let's see the result. When we fret not, we will trust in. Now now here's the thing. You, You have to trust in the Lord or you'll fret. But on the other hand, if you are not fretting... You will be trusting in the Lord. So trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Fret not, but rather trust in. Well, again, what's the cure for fretting then? What's the cure for getting red in the face? What's the cure for being almost ready to blow your top? Trust in the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trusting cures fretting. Again, the reason why we fret is because we don't trust God. You cannot fret and trust at the same time. It's impossible. David wrote the psalm that we're speaking of here. And he explains basically that the prosperity of evil men, the prosperity of the wicked is but for a short time in comparison to eternity. That's what he's teaching us. He wants us to really take in mind that, understand in our hearts that life is not just about today. It's a prelude to eternity. Everything that takes place in this life is only a prelude to tomorrow. The wicked may prosper in this life, but that is where it ends. Their prosperity does not extend beyond the grave. 
See, when you choose, and it is a choice that you and I make, when we choose to not fret and instead trust God, it yields dividends not only in this life, but also in the next. In this life, the sinner, the the wicked man or woman may glory. They may may really rub our noses in it, so to speak. But in death, I rest. I, I, I guarantee you they're going to wake to unspeakable horrors. They are going to be ever found in fear and they're going to ever be bound by those flames. There is not one sinner that is going to rejoice the moment they take their last breath. And you know, we can go ahead and, and get all bent out of shape and upset with sinners who prosper. And we can say, it's not fair what they're dealing with. And it's not right that they are so prosperous. And, and I'm struggling and I'm striving and I'm doing my best for Jesus. And look at my life. Look at my bank account. Look at my car. Look at my house. And we get all upset and we fret. And we never remember what their end is. Don't you realize this is as good as it gets? And you say, I still wish I had it. I know, that's because you don't have a spiritual bone in your body. I'm not, I'm sorry, but you know what? We are so, so self-righteous. We see ourselves as so big on God's totem poles. And yet we turn around and look at that world and we envy the sinner. How can we envy sinners if we're truly close to the God who hates sin? And yet we do. If we're honest with ourselves, so many times we feel as though God has given us a bum rap. He's not done us right. And yet, consider the end of their ways. You know, we always tell our young people that. Oh, young people, don't you don't don't chase after the world. Don't go after sin. Don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Don't seek pleasure because in the end. And then we as adults envy the sinner because they can go to movies. Because they can drink alcohol. Because they can go to the dances and they can go to the bar and they can have a good time while we're stuck at home on Friday night. Go ahead. Envy them. It won't be long. You'll be with them. And you'll just take your children right along with you. But remember what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. So if you watch the PG-13s, they'll watch the R's. And if you watch the R's, they'll eventually watch the X's. Let me tell you something, that's how it works in life. And if you think it's cute to wear little dresses like Britney Spears used to wear years ago, and some of these pop singers, and you watch the X Factor, and you watch America's uh, whatever singing programs are on, and you think that stuff's cute and it's fun, let me tell you something, you got a world of hurt coming. Go ahead, feed your flesh and feed your family that stuff. But that stuff's not going to produce anything positive. It's not going to produce peace in your life. I promise you, if you're watching junk like that on television, you've got a mess in your home and you've got a hornet's nest in your life. I don't even need to talk to you about it. Oh, we're perfectly happy. No, you're not. Not if you're a Christian, you're not. You can't believe that stuff's profitable and helpful and good for you and your family. There's no way in the world 
Preacher, I didn't think you were going to preach against sin that hard. That's my sin for a change. Well, maybe you need to hear that. And, and you know what? I need my sin preached on. I, I go to these conferences and I hear these guys preach and I, th- I get convicted and I say, praise the Lord. What do you, I hope you say praise the Lord when you get convicted. But we've got to stop fretting. Instead, trust in the Lord. You know, when they lift their eyes in hell, they'll be weighed down with regret. The memory of what they could have, what could have been. Can you imagine that thought? What could have been? As you're burning in an eternal flame. You you know, there won't be one relationship that will stand out in their mind as a good thing. There won't be one party they went to that'll somehow drown out the cries and the screams of those being tormented in the flame. There, there, won't be, there won't be one memory of pleasure that will take away the agony that they feel every passing second. The only thing that will torment their mind will be what might have been. And yet we will fret over the wicked. No wonder we can't find peace in Christianity. When we're putting our tithes in the, the, the offering, we're going, man, I wish I didn't have to put those in. I could have a lot of, I, if I just didn't put those in, I would be doing good. That one for that stupid, I wish that preacher would get off this building fund. And I, I wish he'd stop talking about missions, man. I'll tell you what, this is driving me crazy. Hey, you want to talk about peace? I'd have peace if he'd stop talking about it and make me feel guilty. Why is it that we don't take pleasure in the opportunity to give to the things of God that will prosper us in the future, not just in the present? Hey, listen, go buy a new car. Enjoy that car. God, God He prospers you, then enjoy it. But my, by no means rob God to get it. Because what we basically are saying then is that we fret instead of trust. When you fret not, the action, the response will be you'll trust in. You are, if you're not fretting, you're trusting. We need to trust the Lord. We certainly do. So trusting the Lord will always be accompanied with good. <clears throat> That's just the way it is. <clears throat> what do we learn from verses 1 through 3? No fretting allowed. But trusting is allowed. And it should be practiced. Number two. <clears throat> this is all we'll get through. Number two. Here's our second set of verbs. Notice verse four. Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Notice Psalm 37, five. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. We're talking about some verbs that... If we apply these truths, we will find peace. So what we first of all find the action, delight. Delight in the Lord. Not the things of the world. Too often we look to the world to fulfill our delights. It's just a reality. We look to the world to fulfill those delights. 
You know, isn't it amazing? Young couples today think that they should have the house, the car, that they should have this, that, and everything. I'm amazed at young couples that think they should have health insurance already. I was 42 years old before I got health insurance. You want to know why? I didn't have the money. But you know what? We think we should have everything today. You know, they're even told that. They're told they're not good Christians unless they provide this, 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 and this. So don't, 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 don't hurt your daughters by telling them their husband has to do this, 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 and this. You know what you ought to tell your daughters? You need to find a man who loves Jesus Christ more than he loves you. And if he loves Jesus that much, he'll always treat you right. Even if he doesn't have a lot to give you materialistically, you will always have him. I'm going to tell you something. Long after the house is gone, it's better to have a person beside you. You go ahead and have all the homes. You go ahead and have the good paying job. Go ahead and have the nice cars to drive, but you don't have no one to share it with. You're not at peace. I've known and heard of missionaries that literally lived on the field under tents for years of their life. Was he not a good man of God? Because he didn't provide his wife with a solid roof? It was just a tent? Absolutely not. I'm telling you, in America, we got it all mixed up, folks. And then we raise our kids, both guys and girls, to think that prosperity is a proof positive that God's blessing. Let me tell you something. Sometimes zilch in the bank account is proof positive that we're serving God. I'm going to tell you something. We are amassing funds in America for what purpose? So that we can live comfortably while everyone dies and goes to hell? Why does God bless us as believers? So that we can be a blessing to others and fulfill His plan and will. And so a young Christian comes along and we teach them to hoard their money, to, to, treat, uh, to, to keep everything to themselves just like we have learned to do. And we wonder why they don't want to give, and we wonder why they don't want to serve, and we wonder why they don't want to sacrifice on behalf of Christ. Because in a general rule, and I'm not saying in our church, you folks in general, specifically, but I'm saying in general, the church as a whole has become as materialistic and self-centered as the world is. And we wonder why we can't get anyone that wants to serve God. People say things, I've had people say to me, you know, preacher, you, you, you have this gift to get people to do things. You have a gift to get people to work or a gift to get people to get involved. No, I don't. It's just that I have always done those things. I do those things and people catch it. See, when you do certain things in your life, they catch it too. Now, the problem is, what are, we, what are they catching from us? I mean... If I give my life to Jesus Christ, I would hope that someone around me would want to do the same. And I think that that is the case. It doesn't, it's not just one time. I don't just meet this man one time and, and say, man, I just love Jesus Christ. And he goes, oh, okay, I do too. No, it's after he watches my life a while, after he observes me. I'm talking about family and I'm talking about maybe church members. Maybe it takes a couple of years and they recognize and realize that there is a sacrificial spirit and attitude there. And they say, man, he is sold out. He loves Jesus Christ. He really believes what he's saying. There's a reason. I'm going to get on board with that. 
That's what we need to pass on to our children. They need to see that in our lives. They need to recognize that that more important than the show that's on is the walk with Christ. I'm not saying we don't watch a show. But what I'm saying is we we don't neglect God in the process. And I think that before we make big purchases in our life, we ought to pray and maybe even include our children from time to time. Help them to understand how we come to conclusions and how we end up where we did. And that way they see God's hand in it instead of just ours. Our family needs to see what God's doing. What do you delight in? What brings you the most pleasure? What causes you to get excited in your life? Is it a new car? Or is it a new convert? Is it a new job? Or is it a new ministry? Is it a new vacation opportunity? Or is it a new Bible? I mean, honestly, what gets us all fired up and excited today? You know, we go around, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to go on vacation. And I'm excited about vacation too. But when you lead that person to Christ, do you go around going, man, I got the blessing to lead someone to the Lord. It's such an honor. It's such a blessing. Man, I even, I'll tell you honestly, I had to not, I didn't even get to watch my show that day. I just went out. God spoke to my heart. Or I got to lead that guy to the Lord right there at the gas station. It was awesome. You get where I'm going? Well, I, I don't lead no one to the Lord. Don't even try. Well, that shows that you don't get excited about that. That's not important then. I mean, at least you're not trying. What, what, is, what excites you? I'm sorry, but I don't know that we are truly delighting in the Lord today in America. Psalm 119, verse 92 says, Unless thy law have been my delights, I should then have perished in my affliction. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should have then, I should then have perished in my affliction. Again, delightment means to enjoy. And the actions delight. What's the result of delighting? Commit. Commit thy way. You know, when you delight in the Lord, you are very glad to commit to the way. You say, what do you mean the way? Well, the way means a course of life, or a a mode of action. Is your course of life aligned with the Word of God? See, when you delight in the Lord, you will want to walk in His way. It will not be a burden now. Do you know any believers that consider serving the Lord, I'm talking about living for God. Do you, do you know anybody or have ever met anybody that feels it's a burden to do that? Don't raise your hand if it's you. But, I mean, have you ever met anybody like that? Oh, this servant, oh, this, this, this is a rough way. Now listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. The Christian life's not always an easy life, but hold on. It is always a blessing. Listen, I'm going to tell you, it's always better than the road of sinners. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever believe somehow that being a Christian is harder than the way of the transgressor. 
No, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. No, the way of the believer is a challenge, no doubt. But we, we have blessings, not only in this life, but in the next. It's a wonderful life, to coin a phrase. And when we commit our way into the Lord, then that will determine what delights us. I love the passage. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way into the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You know, when I went in the army, I didn't have, I no longer had rule over my own life. I mean, that was just the way it was. I mean, every moment of every day was planned out for me. I had a pre-planned schedule to follow. That was just the way it was. They told me what to do, when to do it. They, 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 they told me uh, when to eat, where to eat, and how to eat even. They, they, I didn't have to worry about bedtime. Nope, they told me when to go to bed. I didn't have to worry about what time to get up in the morning. Trust me. They let me know. I never had to worry about where I was going to go, what I was going to be doing. No, nope. they told me what was acceptable, what was unacceptable according to the U.S. military. All of that was laid out for me by somebody else. In 1983, that is a lifetime ago. 1983, I raised my hand and I took an oath, the oath of the United States military, military code. I committed myself to the cause. You want to know something? As believers, the day you got saved, you committed yourself to God's cause. And you know what? The truth is none of us, none of us have a right to do as we please anymore. He has a right to direct our steps, our paths. He has a right to tell us what to like and what not to like. What to enjoy and what not to enjoy. A number of Christians commit. A number of Christians commit. Sort of. They just sort of commit themselves to the Lord. They'll commit as long as they have the final say of what happens. They sort of commit. You're never going to delight in the Lord until you have committed unto the Lord. When you yield all your delights, all your pleasures, all your entertainment, all your enjoyment to the Lord, when you don't have any word in what those things are, then you will begin to find peace. But as long as you want to hold on to things that you know do not please the Lord, you as a believer will never find true peace. You'll never find it. Men and women who delight in God desire or ask for nothing but what will please Him. And unfortunately today, in America at least... It seems to me that we're good at asking for a number of things that honestly do not please Him. So I want to encourage you, as we close tonight at least, to think about this aspect of peace. I mean, we mentioned it tonight. We talked about, first of all, fret not. But instead, we said that we are to, I want to find it, trust in. We said that we are to delight and to commit. 
Well, you know, those are things that as believers we need to do if we want to find peace. And I want peace. And I believe you want peace. And I just want to encourage you, young people, quit looking for something to make you happy and to give you peace. Because He is all you need. He is. It's not a thing, it's a person that you need. And that's true with all of us tonight. We're always looking for something when we ought to be looking for somebody. And his name is Jesus Christ. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for this time we've had in the word. We just pray, Lord.